You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Monday, October 10th, 2022, and it is indeed a heck of a morning live on the MMA Fighting Twitter Spaces. Show can be heard shortly thereafter in its entirety on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. So if you haven't subscribed to the network yet, go ahead and do that. I don't know why you wouldn't have done that, but you should just go ahead and do that. It's a great idea. We have lots of good stuff coming. The UFC is back this week, so that's a good thing, and it's a pretty decent card. We did lose probably the best fight on it, but that's okay. That's okay. It's still gonna be. It's still gonna be good. The main event still has some stakes, and if you're not fully into the card as a whole, the good news is. This card is going to serve as sort of the go-home show for UFC 280, and there's going to be a lot of promotional buzz for UFC 280 on this card. There's going to be a lot of talk about it. I'm sure there's going to be some promotional videos of sorts on it as well. So by the time the card ends, no matter how the fights go, no matter how you feel about it at the end, you're going to be even more jacked up for UFC 280. And like I said last week, we have some fun stuff coming up for UFC 280. That is for sure. I cannot tell you what it is yet because we don't know what it is fully as of yet, but it is happening. And hopefully within the next seven days, you guys will know what is happening. But we do know Jose Youngs will be in Abu Dhabi for UFC 280. So we will have boots on the ground. We'll have boots in the state. We'll have the great team of MMA fighting, getting you ready for this card and recapping it all. It should be a lot of fun. So I don't know what we're going to do today. No MMA hour. So we decided let's do another bonus show here and let's get your thoughts on the weekend. What's coming up this week? What's coming up next weekend? Throughout the month, big news, whatever you want to talk about. This is going to be sort of a free for all Monday. So. 
opening up to you guys. And we're going to open things up with clearest values right off the bat. Clearest values. Tech, how are we doing? We're doing good. good. How are you? So I've got two, one quick hitter and then one question that's a little more open-ended. So the quick one is that fight that hasn't been announced on the PFL pay-per-view. One, do you know anything? Two, do you think it'll increase any of the buys? And then my second more broad question, um, you know, after the glory kickboxing fight that I watched uh, over the weekend, you know, it, it was really good. And something about U.S. crowds is they're always doing during clinch work and ground and pound and stuff like that. People get bored very easily here in the U.S. Uh, why is it that you think glory kickboxing hasn't really took off in the States as much as it has over in Europe? Um, because I think it is obviously bigger there. Thanks, Mike. Have a heck of a morning. Thank you. The PFL fight, I have no idea. I honestly have no clue. So I have no insight to it whatsoever. Do I think it's going to increase pay-per-view buys? Probably not. I just, there's just, unless they're getting Brock Lesnar versus Francis Ngannou in there, I just don't see a world where that happens. I, I honestly, have, I have no clue what they're going to do. There's just not a built-in enough audience for the PFL to justify putting this on pay-per-view. And as much as I am curious to see what this other fight is, I am more curious what the price point for this pay-per-view is going to be. We have to talk about the timing of it as well because it is Thanksgiving weekend. It is the long weekend. It's the day after Thanksgiving. It's Black Friday. People are going to be surfing for sales. They're going to be out and about. They're going to be hanging out with their family. They're going to be linking up with their friends from high school and college. And all the people that you would want to buy this pay-per-view you're going to have to give them something really special for them to just stop what they're doing to negate going to the neighborhood pub to meet up with their old friends to watch this pay-per-view. That is going to be a lot of, a lot of time to watch because there's all the five-round fights. There's all the title fights. It's going to be a long process. The card as it stands is fine. But it would serve so much better if it was just on ESPN or ESPN2. But now we're going to put it on pay-per-view. I, and I, I don't know what the price point is going to be. So that's my bigger question. The glory thing, I don't know, man. Like I, I just feel like the UFC has such a stranglehold on the combat sports landscape that, especially in the United States, people are just more drawn to big-name boxing cards they're more drawn to the influencer boxing cards which is crazy and the ufc has just built such a brand that it's almost like to be a ufc fan and to be an mma fan it's just a lot of time that you have to spend following the product and to add in glory kickboxing and add in another combat sport it's just very difficult it's very difficult there are some people who we're very happy to just sit back and check out Glory for what it was. I know, I think every fight went to a decision from what I understand, at least the main card. I, I didn't watch it. Um, I watched like the last two rounds of the main event on my phone. So that was pretty cool. Got to see Reem have that big final round and, and end up stealing the fight from Badahari. And then Badahari just stole the microphone and did what he does. But it was, I mean, it was fine. I, I just... You, we need bigger names. I just feel like with Overeem, we understand what a legend this guy is. We've seen his best. We've seen him at his peak. 
We've seen him at his prime. We've seen middleweight Overeem. We've seen heavyweight monster Uberim. And now we're seeing sort of the tail end of Overeem. And it's just not that exciting to a lot of people, I guess, because we just kind of, every time Overeem fights, we go in there and we just hope that he comes out okay and hope that he comes out better than what he would end. But yeah, it was fun. If you watch that, I mean, I watched the final two rounds and I was like, oh, that was fun. I wish there was another fight after this, but there wasn't. And yeah, it's just, it's going to be, it's just going to be tough. You got to find stars. Same thing with grappling. It's the same thing with grappling and, and jujitsu competitions and things like that. No gi. There are people who are vastly into it, but there's just, I feel like that's getting more of a, of a rise in popularity than, than glory is right now. Cause they have names. They have not stars, but guys that they know the Gordon Ryan's of the world, but, just don't really have that appeal here in the U.S. And I hope that changes sooner rather than later. It's not just glory. It's the whole sport. More, you know, kickboxing, Muay Thai in general, it just hasn't really garnered the excitement that a lot of people thought it might. But hopefully that changes. Hopefully that changes and provides other options for the fighters. Let's go to Four Corner Sports. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Um, heck of a morning. I wanted to ask you, so, yeah, I was thinking about it the other day. Uh, I know we haven't had the UFC on in quite some time, but I was trying to look for the prices. I guess the price isn't out for the PFL. But, like, where do you think, like, people are going to, like, put that uh, on, like, their priority? Just because, like, you did mention it. I realized it's on Black Friday. Also, come, come to think of it, the World Cup is going to be on around that time frame as well, too. So people might be exhausted. I don't know if they're going to have um, an exorbitant amount of uh, pay-per-view sales just because of that as well. And then also, is that maybe one of the main reasons why they were able to get that time frame for MSG? I mean, I just didn't really put two and two together until you ended up uh, saying that it was on Black Friday. And then also, um, what's going to happen with uh, this first fight on the card between Pete Rodriguez and Mike Jackson? Is this like a win or go home for either fighter? All right, thanks, Mike. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, let me just pull up the card real quick. I mean, the good news is they're not getting MSG. They're getting the theater at MSG. So they're getting the Hulu theater. I've been there a couple of times for a PF. I was there for a PFL event. Like, or it, was, it wasn't even PFL at the time, the last time I watched a fight card there. And then the last time I was actually in that building, it was in the build to UFC 244. It was the day of the... UFC 245 press conference with Kamar Usman and Colby Covington. The freaking Rock was there announcing that they were going to do a movie on the Smashing Machine and I haven't heard much from that. And then the weigh-ins for UFC 244, the ceremonial. So that was the last time I was in that building. So, I mean, that's not a bad place to hold it. They're, they're not taking over like the entire arena. They're just taking the theater next door. And I think that's probably the right thing to do because I'm sorry, there's no way this card, even with Kayla on it and, and some of the other names, there's no way they're selling out MSG or even coming close to it. So they probably don't have the building, but they got the theater next door and that's probably the perfect place to have this. And yeah, the price point, I have no idea what they're going to do. And I have no idea what it could be. What's too much? I mean, to me, 
999 would probably be the way to go, but I don't think they're going to do that. So my guess, and I have zero insight to this, by the way. So I don't want anyone reporting. Mike Heck says that the PFL price point is going to be this because I have no clue. My guess is they're going to do like 29.99. That's my guess. And that's too much. It's too much. It's too much for this card. We have, as it stands, one, two, three, four, five, six potential five-round fights on this main card. Plus Shane Burgos, Marlon Moraes, which is not going to last very long. So, and I don't think the main event's going to last very long either. So, I mean, that's what we're looking at right now. But my guess, we're going to be sniffing the $30 range. And that, if that's the case, it's not smart. Because... I mean, if I'm working that day and my job is to cover it, then I shall cover it. But if I'm not working that day, I'm probably not watching it. I'm probably watch. I'm probably following along on MMAfighting.com. And then the P. Rodriguez, Mike Jackson fight. Yeah, probably. That's probably uh, the case that winner go home. But who knows? Did we ever think we'd see freaking Mike Jackson back in the UFC fighting anybody after the, the CM Punk fight? No. And here we are. All, a couple of year, a few years later. So you never know. Anything can happen in the world of the UFC. Right? Right, Double A? Hey, yeah, you're right. Anything can happen for sure. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just um, two for you. Um, First one is thought, your thoughts on Juliana Pena saying that she wants her belt back. I'm a Juliana Pena fan, and I don't think she deserves to immediately fight for the title. I just want your thoughts on that. And second one is um, with it being the 25th anniversary of Pride, just some favorite moments of of that from you, man. Have a good day, man. Cheers. Thank you. Uh, yes, we have put out at least part one. I don't know if part two is coming out later on today. Uh, MMA Fighting celebrating the 25th anniversary of Pride FC. And we started with, we're, we're putting out like 25 great moments from Pride. And part one dropped yesterday. And it's really fascinating to kind of go back and and remember all of that. Like, Lene Hart is just, her voice is, is tremendous. There's, I mean, if you read the article, a lot of the stuff that's in there is what I would go. My, like, the, the moment I remember the most from Pride is I didn't watch a ton of them live. I did watch a couple live. And it was just because I was amongst friends who were hardcore fans and they didn't watch a ton, but there were certain cards that were like, okay, we got to, we got to go ahead and watch this. We have to, to make sure that we make it a point to watch this one. And the one that I remember most was September, 2006. It was the pride final conflict, absolute card. And that was amazing. Because the one that I really wanted to watch was the the fight between Mirko Krokop and Vanderlei Silva. That's what I was looking forward to. I couldn't wait for it. And then we got the the Krokop head kick and Silva was donezo. And then he went out and, and and finished Josh Barnett a little later in the in the early morning hours. And that was the the last time we saw him in Pride. We because they were done and then they went off to the UFC. And but I remember that I remember watching that event live. I definitely remember watching that event live for sure. But I think, I think Sean Alshadi nailed like one of my favorite 
nostalgic moments. And that was, I mean, when Bob Sapp was doing the damn thing, we were all like, holy crap, this dude. And then we found out that he was like in movies and stuff. It was in the, the Longest Yard remake with Adam Sandler. And he fought friggin' Antonio Rodrigo Nogueira fighting freaking Big Nog, who at the time was just crushing and just annihilating everybody in 2002. And Bob's whooping on him and Big Nog does the damn thing and gets the arm bar and gets the win 19, 20 minutes into the fight. So I remember those, there's so many, but those two kind of stick out to me, but go to MMAfighting.com and you will take a nice stroll down memory lane and, and look at some of them. Part two should be dropping shortly. I don't know if it might drop today. Hopefully it drops today. That'd be a, a fun read for all of you. But yeah, they, they've, these guys, AK, Jed, Damon, Sean, they, they hit the moments pretty well. Let's go to Sivaram. Hello, uh, hi, Mike. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, recently I'm missing your spaces, mate. <laughs> I'm kind of yeah. busy. Uh, so uh, I just want to ask one question, Mike. Uh, uh, why do you think uh, Islam is uh, giving a narrative that Charles Charles is not going to come, uh, not going to come to the Dubai and he's not going to fight me like that? And why is she pushing uh, pushing that that agenda uh, against Charles like that? And uh, He's very, he's very pretty much appreciating the Volknowski replying to that tweet that he is available to fight at the uh, UFC 280 like that. So why do you think uh, that narrative is pushed by the Makachao group? That's what I'm asking, Mike. Thank you. Maybe it's some gamesmanship, some head games trying to get Chucky Olives all mad and, and fired up and out of his elements. I don't, I have no idea. This has been a, a very fascinating build, especially from the Makachev side with him saying a lot of things that he's been saying and Habib saying a lot of things that he's been saying. Chucky's going to be there. This is the fight that everybody wants to see. It's the biggest fight of his career. Uh, at least for Islam. I, I, I think Charles is going to be there and it's going to be a really interesting fight. I can't wait to see it. This is the most fascinating fight of the year, in my opinion. It has superseded everything else that was on my list, and I can't wait to see it. And Charles Oliveira is going to be there. Charles has a point to prove. And if he wants to get that red panty night, if he wants any chance to get that Conor McGregor fight, he's going to have to show up at UFC 280. I have no doubts that he'll be there. But, yeah, the build's been interesting from the Islam side. And now he has to win with all the things that he's been saying. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Viking, hello. Good, how are you? I'm not good. I'm just, I just want to ask you about, uh, I heard the conversation between Ali Abdelaziz and Fernand Lopez. And in that conversation, Ali was saying that I own the media and I told Damon Martin not to put that story sort of thing. What do you... Just tell me about why did he say that I own the media and is it true? Thank you, Mike. All right. So let me just say this. I, I fully expected to get this question at some point. So I'm gonna tread I'm gonna tread lightly with this whole thing, but here's here's what I'll say. I I I, I don't think I can actually get into a lot of this for a couple of reasons, but Damon did respond to some of this and I have my thoughts and I can't give all of my thoughts on this for, uh, for multiple reasons. What I will say is this one, it's obviously a dumb thing for Ali to say because we literally posted the exact same article that bjpen.com posted two plus weeks prior to them dropping it. And here's the difference between our article that Damon worked his ass off on and the one that BJ Penn dropped. We got everybody on the record. Everybody. We didn't just get one side on the record. We got everybody on the record. We got the fighter on the record. We got Fernand on the record. And we got Ali Abdelaziz on the record. All three of them. Because that's what journalism is. Okay? If Ali Abdelaziz says, Fernand Lopez did this, we don't just write a story based on what Ali said. We reach out to the other people involved because that is what journalism is. That is what you're supposed to do. And the people you reach out to have a choice. They can choose to respond or they could choose to decline, but it is up to the people who are putting that information out there to reach out to everybody involved. We dropped the freaking article two weeks before that. All you had to do was Google it. All you had to do is Google it. So Ali saying that, why do you think they didn't drop that article? We did. We did drop that article two weeks before that about the same friggin' topic. The same thing. But we actually got everybody involved on the record. So that statement makes no sense. That statement makes zero sense. So clearly, because we put Ali on the record, that shows that, he doesn't own anything. He doesn't own anything. What was the last, and I can tell you personally, I haven't worked with Ali and his fighters roster at all in the last 18 months. 
and I have the emails to prove it, that I reached out to their side and I said, I'm not doing any more interviews with you guys. Now, have I interviewed his fighters? Yes. But have Ali or his team had anything to do with those interviews? Zero. Zero. Nothing to do with those interviews. These are sponsors. And these were people that were working with these specific fighters that reached out to me asking if I wanted to talk to them. So to say that he owns MMA fighting is a bunch of horseshit. And all you have to do is go back two weeks to see that we printed the freaking article talking about the exact same subject, getting all parties on the record. So that whole thing is stupid and it makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. The other thing I will say, because I can't get into much more than just the facts, which are right there for everybody to see, I think there are going to be some valuable lessons learned from this whole situation. Some valuable lessons learned from the journalistic side. And this is going to be one of those fork in the road moments for some people. That's what I think. That's what I think. And I like, and I know. Cole Shelton wrote the article, and I like Cole. He's a nice guy. Uh, but you got to do better. You got to do better with this stuff. Like if someone, if someone told me and gave me this information and said, hey, and let's just say I'm not working for MMA Fight. Let's just say, hey, I own, I own AK Lee. I own him. There's a reason why this wasn't put out there. You know what I would have done? I would have hit up my best friend, A.K. Lee. And I'd be like, did you see this? Did you hear what he said? How do you respond to that? And then A.K. could choose to respond if he wanted to. Or he could choose to give his response to it. And then if he chose to be put on the record, we would put his response in print. Because that's what you're supposed to do in these types of situations. They did not do that. I don't know why. But, yeah, this whole Ali owns MMA fighting thing is stupid. And I'm glad Damon said something, because if he didn't say anything, if he didn't tweet anything out about it, I wouldn't be talking about it here. But he did. So now that gives me a little bit of rain. I'm not going to dive into it as much as I want to, but I'm just going by what is out there for all of us to see. Okay? So this, this narrative needs to be put to rest, because literally, to say that, oh, why do you think that they didn't drop the article? I own the media, blah, 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 blah. We did drop the article. We dropped it two weeks before and it wasn't chosen to be put into their piece. And I don't get, I don't understand why it's right there. All you had to do is Google the names. And it was like the first thing that popped up. It was literally the first thing that popped up, but oh, well, that's where we're at right now, folks. And yeah, that whole narrative is freaking stupid and he could say what he wants and all you have to do is Google it and look at the article and see that we dropped it. <laughs> so that ends that conversation altogether. But I knew someone's going to bring it up. I ain't going to go crazy on it. There's, I have way more thoughts about it, I can assure you, but I'm not going to dive into it much more than, than that. But clearly that's factually wrong because we dropped the article. Max, hello. Hello, Mike. Heck of a morning to you. How you doing? Good, how oh, are you? Quite well, thank you. I'm actually a Max Block, the engineer. I know I have a little burner account here, but uh, just wanted to let you know, me of uh, Otno from back in the day, I'm still alive. I'm still present. Uh, just my Instagram was hacked a long time ago, but yep, Max Block, the engineer, still alive and present. So Sweet. just wanted to let you know. Sweet. And uh, my question for you is, um, what is a fight that 
you have seen announced recently that you've heard an opinion on that you thought to yourself, I don't really know about that. You know, like what is one kind of opinion that you heard is mainstream that you have a different opinion on? Thank you so much for your time and uh, have a heck of a morning. Hmm. It's a really good question. That's a really good question. Hmm. I got to think about that. I would say just like off the top of my head, without boring you guys for a half hour while I look for all of these fights, I'd say probably the Pereira, the Adesanya Pereira fight. Cause most people, I mean, most people that I've talked to feel like Pereira is just going to go in there and just crush Adesanya and win the title. And I just don't know if that's true. I just don't know if that's, that's true. Just looking at it from a stylistic perspective, even going back and watching their, their kickboxing matches. It's a closer fight, like from a stylistic perspective. I thought Adesanya won the first fight. And the second fight, Adesanya was clearly winning until he got knocked out. So is there is there a chance that Pereira goes in there and, and stops Izzy and wins the title? Sure. But to say that because he beat him twice in kickboxing, it's almost a guarantee that that's going to happen is kind of silly. I think I'm actually picking Izzy to win that fight. But... It's a, it's a good matchup. It's a good fight. And I can't wait to see it. It's another fascinating one. The storyline's built, and the UFC has hit lightning in a bottle with this whole Pereira situation. Tristan, what's hey, up? Hey, Mike. How's everything? How's everything going? Good. Yeah. How are you? Uh, I have to admit, I like your tweet when you said about the Shafkov uh, Rachmanov versus uh, Jeff Neal. Like, we need a fan revolt to promote that to the main card to, the, to be the headliner. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Well, you're probably right because uh, that card has a lot of stakes and it's, it's an awesome fight. Um, I see AK's in here. Listen, Mike, you're gonna have to cheer AK up, man, because uh, he's been he's been like just he sounded depressed when uh, I was um, going back and forth with him on the uh, Frank Yeager versus Chris Gutierrez fight, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm positive. I'm positive that this fight's gonna be canceled." And I was just like. AK, come on, man. That's a good fight. I think that's a winnable fight for for uh, for Frankie. I, th- I think he has a good shot, good chance. But AK's like, I don't know. I-, I could just imagine AK with his hands over his face like, why? Why? What is going on? Uh, come on, AK. Still need positive. Frankie, you know, let, let Frankie go. You know, he's not going to get knocked out, thank God. And, you know, go to his wrestling and things of that nature and maybe have a good chance, win that fight, and Right off to the sunset with, with everything all intact. So, come on, AK, I need positivity, right? Just stay positive. Um, my question to you, uh, <laughs> my question to you, Mike, is um, regarding on the, this fight card here, we have um, Tatsua Tyra <clears throat> versus CJ Vigera. Now, what do you think about that fight? Um, I went back and watched the CJ Vigera fight, and uh, Vigera. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Um, he, that, that's a tough. I mean, that's a tough fight for um, Tetsuro, man. I'm like, man, this guy's getting tough fights right off the gate. His last fight was tough, and now he's gonna fight CJ, who's coming off a win. That guy is gonna be putting so much pressure on Tetsuro and just trying to like get that guy out of there. Now, I'm expecting Tetsuro to use his grappling and try to finish him that way. But how do you look at that fight, Mike? And let me know how you think about it. Thanks for everything. Have a heck of a morning.
I just realized I was muted. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fine fight. I I, I think it's fine. CJ's a, a good little prospect, and so is Tyrell. I think it's I think it's fine. I, I think it's fine. We're we're building Tetsuro up, kind of slowly. We're we're middle of the packish here. Regar, you know, lost to Ode, and then he had the Clitson Rodriguez fight, which is really close, and. Tyra is Tyra's good man. Like he's good. He look he just fought a dude that is so durable and he's in uh Carlos Candelario that and he's kind of styled in that fight. And Carlos is tough is just really tough to finish and put away. So that was a good learning experience fight. I actually love the matchmaking there and I and I actually dig this matchmaking as well. I think Tyra's going to win. I just think his advantages are are way better. CJ's a little bit. If I'm CJ, I'm just making this as chaotic of a fight as possible. But Tyre's pretty well rounded. His ground game is spectacular. So it's, CJ's probably gonna want to keep this thing on the feed and and just let chaos reign. But Tyra's ready for all that too. So it should be a fun fight. And I like the matchmaking here. I, I dig it quite a bit. Let's go to Toke. Hello, Toke. So my question is probably a bit tough, but I'm gonna 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 ask it anyway because we're talking. Um, you know, they want to do UFC Africa, right? So uh, we're looking at 2023. That's kind of what they're hoping. So we all want this to be in either Nigeria or in Cameroon, like for Francis Ngannou in Cameroon. Uh, for uh, Usman and uh, Adesanya in Nigeria, but with the prevalence of um, of sports washing, we could end up in another situation where we have some uh, guys with money who's gonna put this in a different country. And I'm just wondering what uh, what other countries you see could do this. And I know. You haven't dove into it and all that stuff. You haven't done interviews and all that. But what other candidates are there? Uh, for one, I could I could mention like Morocco because he's already uh, the king of Morocco has already been, you know, uh, invested in UFC uh, with Osman uh, Saitar and all those guys. But I'm just wondering what you're seeing in that landscape of where we could end up in UFC Africa. It's an interesting question. Um, I honestly don't know, but my I have no clue. I think they're exploring all options, but I also think that they're going to try to they're going to try to weigh out the financial ramifications more than anything. I think an Africa card is going to be huge, no matter where it is. Honestly, I just think the the mere thought of UFC Africa just saying those words out loud gets that community really excited and. Gets the UFC excited. It gets the fighters involved excited, potentially involved excited. But it's going to be one of those things where maybe there's a certain region of Africa that's just like, hey, we'll pay you this to come here and do a fight card here. And the UFC will probably be like, okay, that sounds like a fun, like a fun time. So yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know. But that's a good question. Hopefully. But Dana, like Dana's already said it, and he's probably going to continue to say it when he's asked about it. It's just going to be, 
yeah, we're exploring everywhere. We're looking at the entire, we're looking at all of Africa and what's the best thing over, what, what's the best thing for the company? What's the best thing for the fighters? What's going to sell at arenas? I know they're talking about like investing in the, in the region with PIs and things like that. And probably wherever they decide to put the PI is the neighborhood of where they're going to look at. But I think everything is up. I think everything's in play essentially. Um, for the right dollar amount and the right card, the right fighters, etc. We'll go to Mikey. Then we'll go to a hit. Then we'll go to Anthony. Maybe we'll go to Mikey because that wheel is spinning like crazy. Mikey, do we have you? Yep, I got you. Morning, everyone. So, just want to. Uh, tag off a couple of things. Um, I know not. Ev- I know everyone's kind of surpassing this weekend's card, but it's a solid lineup, and I love the main event. War Grosso, even though Vivian Rouge was a, a beast too. Um, to TJ's, uh, TJ came on earlier about Alexander Lee being a little depressed about Frankie Edwards' matchup. I am too, and not because that not necessarily Frankie would lose. It's just. The matchup is underwhelming from a marquee standpoint. This he's a Frankie's a legend, and he should go out facing at least somebody that we know or a hype train. No disrespect to Gr- Chris Gutierrez because he's actually a really good fighter, and I could see him winning that bout rather easily. But it's like you you got to put Frankie up against somebody with a decent name or a veteran or a fellow veteran that everyone has at least have been aware of. Like Javier Sunsau is fighting this weekend against Victor Henry. You know, Chris Gutierrez and Victor Henry should be fighting each other. And Javier Sunset should be fighting Frank Yeager, something like that, or Cody Garbrandt, or the Dominic Cruz fight that everyone had asked for for years. I mean, heck, even look at Shogun. Shogun went from potentially rumored to have a rematch with Leo Machida in Brazil in what might be his last fight in the UFC to, in all this, in all respect, Ihor Proteria, or whatever the heck his name is. Like, come on. Like, I get it if, you know, you want Shogun to win and all that stuff, but, like, it just sounds underwhelming, especially for somebody, you know, 25 years of Pride and one of the biggest stars ever from Pride is going to go out on fighting some nobody, all, all due respect, you know? So that'll be all for you guys. Much love. Be kind to one another. See you later. I'm muted. Uh, yeah. Card this week is, is good. Main events get some stakes. Yeah, the Frankie Gutierrez thing, because I know someone else mentioned it as well. It's fine. Like, it's probably as good as he could get. I think Cruz is the way to go, but, I mean, Cruz got brutally knocked out by Marlon Vera, so that wasn't going to happen. A Sunset was just kind of there to elevate other talent, and that's kind of what they're trying to do here, but not necessarily. I don't know. They're, to me, this is like, we can't just give Frankie a squash match. So we need to find some sort of common ground, but it's a, it is a winnable fight for Frankie. And I don't know how much this elevates Gutierrez. If he wins, I think the UFC feels like, Oh, if it's a win, win Frankie wins, he goes out with the win in his retirement fight. But if Gutierrez wins, he gets propelled up the ladder. I don't know if that's true. I don't know how much of a rub he's going to get from beating Frankie Edgar. 
I don't know. He's going to look more heelish if he wins, especially doing that, doing that at MSG. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a tough spot for Chris, but it's also an opportunity that Chris has wanted for a while and he probably deserves. So, yeah. I get where you're coming from. I get why there's mixed reviews, but it's fine. It's a winnable fight, and but Chris could also leg kick him for 15 straight minutes. It's very possible. We'll see how it goes. Ahead, what's up? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right, got me. Okay, Mike. So the the whole Frankie thing. Uh, I think Mikey mentioned Victor Henry. Victor Henry's legit. Um, I'm I'm team catch wrestling, so they should have done Frankie and Victor Henry. That would have been fun. And then uh, uh, Chris and uh, Sansao. But anyway, couple of points. Uh, Charles Oliveira is just going to Abu Dhabi now. You know, like as in he said he was going to be there a month ago and that would have been better, you know, like because even though Brazil isn't like is a tough climate, Abu Dhabi is extreme, you know. So like, how is he going to acclimatize like going so uh, on short, not like short notice, but he could have done it on longer notice. Sean O'Malley's been chilling with NBA stars in Abu Dhabi for a while. So that that's something to, to think about. Now, UFC 282, Mike, another week has gone by and still we don't know the main event for UFC 282. It's wild. It's absolutely crazy. And like I've been thinking about, obviously, Hamza is not trapped in uh, Russia, pr uh, contrary to reports. So he's going to be at Abu Dhabi. They obviously have to announce at UFC 280. They don't have a choice. Uh, the UFC. Now, you could do Yuri Glover, but you need like a big, like you need the big boys in Brazil to attract attention, you know? Because there's also Amanda Nunes that you could do this trilogy with Shevchenko, but I feel like for Brazil, the UFC want like the big boys, like some like from lightweight or up, you know? Um, so they, they're gonna, they might do like a surprise announcement, like Colby Hamza, maybe. And like Mike, I don't know if AK Lee is in here. Is he in here? Like, because I've got something to say about the whole Paddy thing. Is he here? Yeah, he's he's in here. Okay, AK Lee. Listen, Mike, you're the man. You're the good guy of MMA journalism. But Mike, with Paddy Pimlet, you're wrong in this situation. I'm with AK Lee. I'm with Toke. Toke explained it beautifully. Um, because like who cares about mike davis no one no one cares about mike davis the way no one cares about ludovic Klein. Oh. like no one cares Do you, the thing is like yeah what toke toke said it beautiful i'm not going to repeat it because toke put it perfectly um you need to like i like mike davis is the worst of both worlds um so like what ak lee said was even what toke said ludovic Klein. that's a squash match fine um, what AK Lee said, Tony Ferguson, that's okay. But what I'm going to say, obviously, I'm the one with the perfect answer, so I have to say it the best. Number one option for Paddy at 282, Terrence McKinney. Talked a lot of smack. That's the fight to make. Number two, Drew Dober. The dude has a jaw made of stone. I don't know. Like, that dude is crazy. Number three is Jim Miller. That's it. Drop the mic, Mike. Yeah, I still think the Ladova Klein option is ridiculous if we're going to call Mike Davis ridiculous. Two, Terrence McKinney, they're never going to do because Terrence will probably wash Patty. And I don't think they're going to 
put him in a position where somebody washes Patty. I think Terrence washes him. I think that I don't think that fight's competitive at all. And Terrence is already like majorly over. So it like doesn't do a ton for, I mean, it'd be cool. Like who doesn't want that fight at this point, but Terrence has already, has already put himself in a position where he's sort of a, an underground fan favorite in a lot of ways. So I don't know if it does much for him. Dober doesn't need it. Yeah. Dober doesn't need it. What, what was the other oh, man? I'm I'm on like a day off, so my brain's kind of foggy right now. Um, I forget who the other option was, but I don't like the client option. McKinney's fine, but I just I think you could build that one up, and I think McKinney just washes Patty at this point. And I don't know. I think they're just gonna squash match him. Like I think they're just gonna keep the squash match train rolling at this point, and I'm fine with that. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Let's just get this dude wins, and let's just... Maybe someone in the comments will... Oh, Jim Miller. Jim Miller. Thank you. Thank you, Ahid. Jim Miller. I'm okay with Jim Miller. I'm fine with that one. I'm fine. If they want to do Jim Miller, that's fine. But Jim Miller could win that fight, too. So it, he's one of the toughest guys to book for. And that's why he comes up on onto the next one all the time. Because it's, like, it's so difficult to book for him. Because you can find positives and negatives for literally every option. You just got to kind of land on the right one. So what I think they'll probably do is they'll give him someone like maybe a half a step above Jordan Levitt. But I don't mind the Jim Miller idea. That's a fine one. But I don't know if they're going to go that route because Jim could win that fight. Like It wouldn't shock me in the least if Jim Miller beat Patty Pimblett. It really wouldn't. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Let's go to Anthony. Anthony, are you there? You just got to unmute. Yo. Here we go. What's up, uh, man? Yo, I got three things. I'll try to keep it quick for you. Uh, Patty's next opponent is Jared Gordon. I know we're going to want these sexy matchups and we're going to keep dreaming, but is Jared Gordon. Jared Gordon beat his teammate like two years ago or something, and Patty called him out before his last fight. And uh, next thing, uh, am I crazy for thinking that UFC 280 is going to be all this hype and it's probably just going to be the prelims and like the first three cards of the main card that is going to be very exciting, but I could see the last two title fights just being Aljo riding for 25 minutes and Islam riding him for 25 minutes. And then my last thing is Israel Adesanya. I I was so with you. Like I agree that he's gonna. I 
was so with you. He's going to wipe the floor with Alex. I didn't even think it was going to be close in MMA. However, with the fans, like, turning on him, kind of, and, like, maybe his ego gets the best of him, I could see him, like, wanting to strike with him. But before that, before, like, the fans were turning on him, I was like, oh, yeah, Izzy will easily just fucking grab his back and choke him. He, like, he, he's been on the ground with way better opponents. And uh, we've seen Alex get ridden out for a whole round by Andres Mikolaitis, you know. So those are my three things for you. There you go. Thank you. Have a heck of a morning. Thanks, man. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind the. Uh, I don't mind the Jared Gordon. That one's fun. Jared. Jared had probably the most respectful call out of Patty because, you know, because of what Patty said after his last win about the state of mental health, and I know Jared believes in that kind of believes in that as well and takes that very seriously. So, Jared said, "Hey, let's let's do this fight, and let's." Build, let's raise some awareness. And that makes sense. And I think it's a competitive fight. I think it's a p- competitive. I mean, if, if, if Patty Pimblett approaches that fight like Grant Dawson did against Jared Gordon, then Patty can win. I just don't know if he has that kind of gas tank that, that Grant Dawson has. Just that power, the technique, the ability to just take dudes down over and over and over again. I don't know if he's as strong as, as a Grant Dawson, but it's a competitive fight. I like it. They could definitely do that. I do think you're kind of crazy with the 280. It's, I think the whole card is really fascinating and really interesting. I think the two title fights are going to be good. I think they're going to be good. Uh, Aljo, still, Aljo still gets this, this bad rap about being... Like, the, the Jan fight wasn't especially following the Hamza Chamayev Gilbert Burns fight, no fight on the planet could follow that. It just wasn't possible. And it was actually a pretty interesting fight. Like Aljo had his moments. He was dominant on the ground. Jan started getting some momentum. It was, a, it was, a, it's a bet. It's a fight that actually aged pretty well. If you go back and watch it, it's an interesting fight. I know AK doesn't like it because there's a lot of mixing in the martial arts, but I think him and Dillashaw is really interesting. I'm picking Aljo to win, but I think Dillashaw showed in that Sanhagen fight that it's going to take a lot to get him out of there and to dominate him. Dude basically fought Corey Sanhagen on one leg for five rounds. And I know multiple, I've talked to like multiple coaches about that fight. And a lot of people are like, I don't know, understand why people think it's such a robbery. Like Dillashaw had some really good moments of that fight. So I'm interested in that. And then the Oliveira Makachev fight is just could we see Makachev just take him down for five rounds? Sure. But when is Makachev doesn't really do that to anybody? He looks he takes him down. He, he's looking to be advantageous down there. He's not looking to just lay and pray and, and just wait out a decision. He's looking to go in there and finish your ass. And he's gonna try to do the same thing to Charles Oliveira, especially with how much noise he's been talking. <laughs> He's going to go in there and try to put Charles away. So I'd be stunned if that fight went five rounds, if we're, if we're being honest. And if it is, does go five rounds, I think it's a very interesting five rounds. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you come on heck of a morning the Monday after or Tuesday after and say I told you so. And could happen. But I think, I think you got to give those two fights more of a chance. I think you got to give those two fights more of a chance. And then Adesanya and... 
Pereira's going to be a good fight. It's going to be a real good fight. Let's go to Brad. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Uh, thanks for having me. So I, I had a couple questions, and I, I do want to just kind of open up with something else. If they feed – I shouldn't say feed. If they give Jared Gordon to Patty, um, I'll be genuinely upset. Like, I do like the matchup of him versus Jim Miller. I think that is what's, what's up next. But, man – I'm from Astoria, Queens. If they if they try to sacrifice my boy to 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 you know feed this hype train, I will be absolutely pissed. But not my questions. Um, I guess I, I was kind of curious if you had any news that's not been already released in regards to John Jones and what's going on with his situation, and of course Francis, because we really haven't heard much of either of them, and I would have to imagine at least Francis has to have something figured out soon. Either he's testing free agency or whatever the case may be. So I guess, what do you know anything that maybe others don't know in regards to Jones and, of course, Francis? Thanks for having me. Let me, let me answer that question as best as I can. I wish I knew what was going on with John Jones and France and Ghana because I'd be sitting on a freaking gold mine right now. Because that's the big question. What is going on with these two guys? And I think the main question is what's going on with Francis? Because until we get a clear-cut answer of what's going on with Francis, we're not, we're not going to know what's going on with John. We're not. Is, it, is Francis going to resign, or is he going to go explore other options? If he's going to resign, then they're going to do Francis versus John. Like they have, like there's, At this point, without putting John on any of these cards... John said he was ready for September to fight Stipe. He was, he went on, I think he was on the CES broadcast and said, looking at September to do that fight. It didn't happen. We're past it. We got Diaz Shemaev, at least on paper. And then we got everything else we ended up getting. There's talks about maybe doing it in December, but again, nothing on the books. As Ahid said earlier, we still don't have a main event for this card and we are less than two months away. We're exactly two months away from UFC 282, we don't have a main event yet. So to me, I don't think we're going to get John versus Stipe on that card. I think, I just think we're a little too close. It's, I mean, we're literally eight weeks away and unless the UFC has already got something ready and nobody knows about it, they've done a great job hiding it. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do. But to me, if it's it's all on Francis. If Francis is leaving, we're going to do John versus Stipe for the undisputed title. I don't think John's fighting for an interim title. I think John will fight for the undisputed title. It'll either be against Stipe for a vacant one, or they'll do they'll just wait for Francis at this point. Francis is giving them basically a heads up, saying, "Hey, I'm going to resign. Let me just get my knee all squared away." Then they're just going to go right to John versus Ngannou which is what you should do in the first place. Like, why wait? Why even risk it? Why risk throwing John in there at Stipe if he could lose? Like, what if he loses? Then that fight's gone. What if, I mean, it's, it's tough. It's, it's literally the toughest conundrum right now. Patty, you could throw him in there. They, like, the two toughest questions that I get right now is like, who is Patty Pimble going to fight next? And what's going on with John Jones and Francis Agata? I have no clue because we don't know what's going on with Francis. From the conversations I've had, and again, these are just with coaches and people who know him. If it was up to like his coaching staff, he's fighting John Jones next. 
That's what everybody wants. But now it's just a matter of the business side of things. Can the UFC get Francis locked up? Can they give him what he wants? Are they open to doing the Tyson Fury thing? Which at this point, considering how Tyson has talked, who knows if that's even an option? So, yeah. It's, it's so up in the air at this point. I wish I had answers. And if I did, I'd, like I said, I'd be sitting on a gold mine right now. Hi, James. How are you? Wonderful. It's been a long time. But uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on your Patriots yesterday for looking impressive. Yeah. And um, kind of talking about the December pay-per-view, I think that we could see something like a Moreno and Figgy situation, how that December card uh, didn't have a main event, and the two of them did a quick turnaround after the November card. So I could see someone in the October or November kind of do a quick turnaround, something like that. And um, I've been a huge Bo Nichols fan the second I saw him on a Jorge Masvidal's promotion. If he runs through Jamie Pickens like I kind of think he's going to, do you think the UFC is going to give him a top 30 opponent or kind of throw throw him in right away with a top 15? And like always, Mike, man, thank you for what you do, and have a heck of a morning. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with Bo. I think it just depends. It all depends on how this fight goes. Like, if he goes in there and just destroys Jamie Pickett in, in under a minute, then, yeah, they'll give him, like, a top 30 dude. They'll give they'll throw him in, like, the Eric Anders type. I'm not saying they'll fight Eric Anders, but somebody, like, in that realm. And if him and Pickett's competitive, then they'll just – they'll just do little baby steps until he gets his footing. This is different. Like you find the contender series against the Donovan beards of the world and no disrespect to Donovan, but we all knew who was going to win that fight. We all knew it was going to be a very short night at the office. And while Jamie Pickett doesn't have the greatest record in the UFC, he does have a lot of UFC experience. And Jamie's been put in some of these positions before and he's been okay. I don't think he's going to win this fight, but to Jamie, it's just, He's playing with house money right now. A lot of people felt like he could have been released after his last fight, and now he's getting the best fight he could possibly get. And all he needs to do is just give Bo a fight. It's not about wins and losses. He just needs to go in there and give Bo a fight. That's his job right now. Give Bo a fight. And if he goes out there and does everything he needs to do and Bo still stomps him, then we know we got something here. I think we all know we have something here anyways. But you don't want to just throw him into a top 15 fight right now. Like, you don't want to throw him in there with, like, Imovov because he might lose that fight. So start here, get him over, and then 2023, you have a whole new platform. And we'll see. Ma- Mazel's promotion is doing, doing pretty well, churning out some of these guys. We saw a lot of guys get contracts on the Contender Series who fought for Mazel's promotion. Mazel's promotion has a card coming up on Friday. And I will be there for that. And hopefully I get to talk with the man maybe on Thursday. Hopefully we get to do that once more because, I mean, there's not a, a ton more that we haven't covered just yet. But since me and Mazadal spoke last, Leon Edwards beat Kamaru Usman won the title. We had the whole thing with Hamzad at UFC 279. Nate has moved on with a win after beating Tony Ferguson. There's a lot of fun stuff we could talk about. So hopefully that happens sometime this week. And that'll be fun. We'll take a few more here. We got, we'll go to Jero first. Hello, Jero. 
Hello, can you hear me? Yep, I got awesome, you. man. Good morning, first of all. And uh, yeah, I had a quick question. Um, do you have any update on Ricky Simone's situation? I feel like uh, based on his tweets and all that, we we're kind of close to getting something from him. And then I haven't heard really much from him since then. So I think he's a promising guy in that 35 division. So I'd really like to see what's next for him. Good question. I thought he was definitely going to be in play for this Frankie Edgar fight, but doesn't seem like that's happening. Let me take a look at the old rankings and let's see. I just don't, I mean, they want to do like, like, I don't think they'll do, let's see. Like, I think the Victor Henry, a Sunsa winner would make sense. Pedro Munoz would make sense. Maybe you do Ricky Simone versus Song Yidong. That makes sense. But, I mean, Song just got opened up in his last fight, so he could be out for a while. It's just, I don't know, like, what's going on with Ricky and his health. That's, like, I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he's, if he's fine. Does he fight, like, Umar Namagamadoff? I don't know. Because Rob Font's not fighting till the earliest March. So he's out at least for the foreseeable future. Marab just beat Jose Aldo, so it doesn't make sense for him to fight Ricky Simone again. Corey's not going to fight him. So, yeah, he's, the options are kind of limited at this point, but maybe maybe you do the Umar fight. That'd be pretty interesting. Be, after Ricky's performance against Jack Shore, that'd be kind of a come-on, man kind of fight, but it just depends on when he's ready to come back. But yeah, he's promising. He's starting to live up to the hype and the potential that everyone's seen in him for a while. And that's good. Let's go to Rishab. Hello. Uh, yo, man, what's good? Um, I, how are you? I, I'm good. How are you? Um, yeah, this is I'm like good. my first time on the show. And uh, I guess not sure, but like in the space. And I was just wondering, uh, what do you think about uh, Paddy Pimblett versus uh, Terrence McKinney? I've seen Terrence McKinney call him out. And I'm just like, yeah, that's actually a banger of a fight. UFC 282, that's mad. And secondly, um, like, can you just speak a little about, like, Shavkat Rachmanov and Jeff Neal? Like, I think that's a banger of a fight as well. And, like, yeah, they just got announced yesterday. And, yeah, that's about it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Patty, I mean, listen, if they want to do Patty versus Terrence McKinney, that's cool. I'm into it. It makes sense. Fine. There's there's a story there. I just think Terrence beats him. I think Terrence beats him. And and then then what do you do? Then what do you do with Patty? It just all depends. Like I have no idea what the direction of the matchmakers are with this guy. And Patty can have a great career just beating dudes well below him and do just fine. But if they book that fight, I mean I'm it. I'll watch the hell out of that. I just don't know if they're gonna do it. I think Terrence will beat him. I think Terrence beats him convincingly, if we're being honest. But we'll see. The Shafkar Rachmanov Jeff Neal fight, like I tweeted out after we confirmed it on Saturday, there should be a fan revolt. We should be hit, all the fans should be t- tweeting at the UFC and at Dana and at the matchmakers and whatever that this fight be promoted to the main event. This is, this is the main event. This is the this will be the fight that everybody's talking about. 
when we do a preview show for this card, the headline is going to be Shafkat Rahmanov versus Jeff Neal. It will not be Kelvin Gaslam versus Nasruddin Imavov. We're going to be talking about Rachmanov Neal. That's the one we're going to be talking about. Just like Jeff Neal's last fight when he fought Vicente Luque. That was the one we were talking about. That was the one we were talking about of all the fight cards of the, of the whole weekend. That was the fight everybody wanted. And we're going to have the same thing here. I think Shafkat is going to win. But Jeff Neal is a little sneaky son of a gun. He's a powerful striker. He looked great in that Vicente Luque fight. That was the best he's ever looked. And the fact that he was like, all right, dude, be careful what you wish for. I'm in. Let's go. Props to that guy. But that should be the main event. That should be the main event. Kevin Gasolum, God bless him, should not be headlining any UFC cards at this point. He shouldn't be. And I understand why Nasruddin is in the spot. If this is UFC Paris, like if they're going to do this card in Paris, okay, I get it. But it's not going to be in Paris, I don't think, because we would know about it by now. Because it's three months away. But let's just do the right thing here. Let's just do the right thing. Do the right thing for the people. Do the right thing for whatever arena is going to host this card. I don't know if it's going to be an Apex card or what. But just do the right thing. Promote this fight to the main event. Or at least do a five-round co-main event. Let's have some fun. You have, you have the ball. It's in your court. You can do whatever you want. There's no guidelines. There's no restrictions. If you want to make this fight five rounds, if enough people step up and say, we want this five rounds or we want this as the main event, guess what? They'll do it. We've made a lot of changes happen on this show about car fights becoming main events for fight nights, fights getting bumped from the prelims to main cards. A lot of people like to give this credit. There's probably no credit to the show whatsoever, but if we feel this way, if we feel like this show produces change, then damn it. Let's make that change. Let's end the show with crypto. Cryptocurrency. Hello, crypto. How are you? Good. Yeah. So, um, hey, Mike, you're, you're actually right. I mean, uh, remember the Imabon uh, Buckley fight? It all started here on this podcast, got moved up to the main card. So, we can make it happen. Uh, Mike, so I got a question for you. Um, at the end of next year, going into 2024, which two champions uh, do you feel will still be champions? You have to choose two. And which two champions will no longer hold the title? Um, so going into 2024, and it doesn't have to be because they lose the belt. It could be maybe because they vacate the belt, or maybe in Francis Agano's case, maybe leave the promotion, and so on. So which two fighters are the most likely to still keep their belt, and which two fighters uh, are the least likely to do so? And just a, a quick thing, Mike, I'm going to exclude Leon Edwards and uh, also Carlos Barza from this. And uh, I think you know why I exclude them. Thank you, Mike. Hmm. So by 2024, current champions who will not be champions and current champions who will be champions. This is tough. If Volkanovski is still going to fight at 145, he is going to be one of them. And then like the other... 
I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep Valentina Shevchenko in there as well. The ones who won't, I mean, the other ones are tough, man. Hmm. I don't think figure eight will be the flyweight champion by the end of 2024, not because of his skill, but because I just don't think, I just don't know if, if that frame can keep making 125. I just don't know if it, I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, man, this is tough. I think Izzy will still be the middleweight champion if he doesn't vacate to go up to 205. This is tough because, again, we don't know. Let's just say everything stays as it is. If everything stays as it is, Volkanovski, Izzy, Valentina. I feel confident we'll still be the champions. I don't think Figueredo will still be champion because, one, I think he's going to lose to Brandon Moreno. And two, I just don't know if he, he's going to make 125 anymore. And the other, the one I'm torn on is Yuri Prohashka. I'm on the fence, like I'm completely on the fence with him. Because nothing would surprise me. Like if he fights, if he fights Magomed Ankalaev, I don't think he wins that. I think Magomed wins that fight. But just it's just a matter of if that if that's what it happens. That's a great question. That's a great question. But like we said earlier, we just don't know anything can happen. We don't know what these divisions are going to look like. We have champions who are talking about moving up in weight divisions. It's just a matter of like whether or not they do that. We have contract situations. We have all sorts of craziness. So, all right, I think we have uh, we have done a good job here of creating some bonus content on this Monday. If you are in Canada, happy Thanksgiving to you. Many blessings to all of you. If you're here in the United States, maybe you have the day off. If that's the case, enjoy your day off. And we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll, we're going to do it again tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern. We'll back to the normal schedule. We'll do Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, MMA hour back on Wednesday, normal BTL back on Thursday. We'll have a preview show on Friday, people's pre-fight show on Saturday, on to the next one back on Sunday. And then hopefully by Monday, before we jump on the show Tuesday of next week, you will be made aware of what's going on for UFC 280. And hopefully something we're going to do on, as the kids say, on the reg, on the reg moving forward. But I am excited for this concept. We're just still trying to put the final pieces in place. But it is happening. So, And I ain't telling you until I'm given the uh, the okay to do so. So thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. Back tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Have a great rest of the day. And as always, have a heck of a morning. Media Podcast Network.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. 